Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everyone. It is Troy Dooley, and we are back from a week on the road. And I tell you, every time I, I hit the road and I'm gone that long, I, I get a little bit... Um, get a little bit weird feeling because I'm not doing the radio show. We have done these for so many years that when we do take time off like that, uh, it's just it's out of sync. It's, it's not normal. So we are back in town. I do not believe we have any trips scheduled uh, for four to six weeks, and then we hit the road again, uh, Texas, North Carolina, uh, Michigan. We are just slammed in July, and that is that is great to see because – most of the time, July is a slow month, and people are blowing and going. But we are starting a brand new series, <clears throat> and I, I had some time to analyze what is it that I wanted to cover. And every day, I get a brand new email from some brand new network mark or a internet marketing hybrid affiliate company that's launched, or a brand new network marketing, a traditional network marketing company that has launched. And as I studied this, I thought, you know, one of the best books in my arsenal, and we have not ever done a series on this, is Greg Hartman's book, Do Due Diligence, Cutting Through the Crap in Network Marketing. And Greg has a 20-year history. I believe it's even longer than that, I think, now. It might be right at the 20-year mark. He got in in 1993, if I'm not mistaken, and has had an incredible journey. He came from traditional Fortune 500 business background, uh, learned the ins and outs of what it took to succeed in the business. Now, he wasn't around in the 80s because he got into the business in 93, um, but here's the kicker. I've been around in the 80s, and he's going to talk about some things in this book that we're going to cover that he's dead on with. Having reviewed this book and read it, knowing Greg at a distance, never met him personally, chatted a little bit, I can tell you, well respected. Now, one of the things that we will cover that he doesn't as we go through this, because of the onslaught right now, are these internet internet work marketing, I think is what you'd call them. They're internet-based companies that have a compensation plan that that really does line up with those in direct selling. However... Most people don't know that there actually is a direct marketing association, that there is a whole industry that's direct marketing. And I will will contend that most Internet-based companies are not network marketing companies. They do not fall under the direct selling realm. They actually would be classified a direct marketing company, and that does not make it any more or any less regulated. As a matter of fact, what usually happens in this situation is the Securities and Exchange Commission get involved in these companies more than the FTC does. And we will cover that as we go through. But today, we are going to start this book. I'm excited about it because it takes us away from some of our our personal empowerment, leadership, team building books. This is going to go into, (coughs) excuse me, this is going to go into network marketing like we haven't gone into it since I did well, whose book did we do? We did one of the Falters. We did uh, Darren Falter's book is who we did over at Rioli. Wonderful book. But let's look at this. Let's look at a historical perspective so that we can cut through the crap. 
you know, because I think this is good. And, and another book that I'm going to mention because Greg does, if you don't have this, you should get it, is Wave 3, The New Era of Network Marketing by Richard Poe. He wrote it back in the 90s. Great book. It will help you dig deep, deeper. You know, you cannot have too many books in an, in an industry or a profession in which you're going to grow and what you're going to build. And Greg starts off, he says, the early roots of network marketing go back to 1941. Actually, it goes back a little bit further than that. But in this case, we're going we're gonna to dig in to the, to the history, what we, we see as one of the biggest companies out there today. started with a company called Neutralite Products in California. Neutralite was a direct sales company. In other words, people got the right to sell the products themselves but not the opportunity to gain residual income. Now, let me let me clarify that. Direct selling does have residual income. Even in the old days, even when you had door-to-door salesmen, they they literally also would subcontract. They had jobbers that would go to work for them. And you could you could have what we call today we call it a single line compensation or an affiliate program where you would pay somebody else. You didn't go as deep in, in the levels of management as we do in network marketing. And that was that was really derived from the agency system. When you go and you look at the agency system used in insurance, that's where that came into play at. We also saw it in real estate in the 80s. And Greg doesn't go into that near as deeply, but it just comes to see. And when you look at where we come from, when you look at the companies that launched, 1868 was one of the first direct selling companies. It was the Watkins products. And J.R. Watkins would, would go door to door selling his liniment, but by 1889 had literally built a whole network and had guys and gals out there going door to door selling their natural products. But Neutralite was just a, a regular old single level direct selling company. And Jay Van Andel and Richard DeVos became independent distributors for Neutralite. They loved the products. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm still overcoming this cold. Quickly became their top sales guys, but they realized, you know, there's got to be a better way. We've we, we got to help more people. We can't help enough people this way. They went to Neutralite with the idea of, of developing a multi-level compensation structure. Now, we could go into Dr. Keith Lagos' college textbook and break down compensation, and we'll do that down the road when we get into this chapter in Greg's book. But what you have to understand is that the terms network marketing and the terms MLM really define the compensation plan. It doesn't define the company. And most people don't understand that. Neutralite was selling cleaning products, nutritional-type products at the time, being used everywhere. So they had their own industry. But in 1959, the j Corporation, Ja-Rai Corporation, was launched. And it's what we now call today the Amway Corporation, the second largest direct-selling company in the world. They did $8.4 billion in 2011. If you want to know the number one company, it's Amway. Or not Amway, Avon. Avon's number one, Amway's number two. And it's it's amazing when I see this. Because these are now household names. I mean, everybody knows the Avon lady comes knocking on the door. Everybody sees Amway's commercials on TV. Other great companies that have followed suit since then is Mary Kay, Herbalife, Shackley, Primerica, Keller Williams, Prepaid Legal. 
see, a lot of times people don't realize that companies that use direct selling, MLM, network marketing, compensation structures, aren't what you would see as a traditional network marketing company. Did you know Dove Chocolates? Did you know that Jockey Underwear are two companies that literally have network marketing arms? That's how they market their products. It's a distribution channel, and the profession of network marketing is a community of some of the greatest people I've ever met. Now, Greg goes on. He says, in the early 80s, an interesting phenomenon began to take place. The personal pewter was becoming of age. Suddenly, everyone with a little extra room in their basement, a good idea or a not-so-good idea in some cases, and a PC could start a network marketing company. Now, Greg is, ac is accurate. They could start a network marketing company, but it wasn't until after 1995 that we actually saw the boom of Internet-based companies. And the reason for that is that's when the actual Internet was invented. Okay, And there's a difference between what we know as the Internet and the World Wide Web, and we can go into that on a whole different training. I've, I've done several articles that are across the Internet on this, and it's, it's we in network marketing, I mean, we in America created the Internet. That was a military-based operation. The World Wide Web was created by some guys out of Britain. And, again, I don't want to segue too far down into that rabbit hole. But during the 80s, we did not see the onslaught of network marketing companies launching on the Internet. And the reason we didn't is because back then, we were basically the bandwidth that it would take. It, was, it just wasn't there. You'd have to have so many modems in order to operate that it didn't happen. But we did see bulletin board rooms launch, and inside of those bulletin board rooms, we would see distributors start to get into those forums, get into those bulletin rooms, and they would market their companies. We also saw uh, Tony Little is one of the, one of the big ones during the, the late 80s, early 90s, that started using... AOL groups and some of those guys, and he would, I think, either was a spokesperson or launched one of the network marketing companies. So we started to see distributors really going hard, but we did not see the onslaught like we do today of guys launching companies overnight with not a pot to pee in and calling it some kind of business opportunity. That came down the road again late in the 90s after the Internet and the World Wide Web. Uh, became a household word. And it wasn't until the turn of the century that we saw this happen when the bandwidth, the actual cost of data transfer became so low that anybody could start. All they needed was to make their website really look pretty. People would believe the crap, and off they went. And I think it's sad. Greg goes on, he says, The 80s saw a number of things change in network marketing. The technology made it easier for part-time distributors to be in business. Absolutely agree with that. Matter of fact, it was in the in the 80s that A.L. Williams launched the world's largest direct selling network marketing satellite network. And it's and it's interesting because they had all part-time people work in the field. They had a handful of RVPs. The RVPs had to run the office. They were they were covering the overhead. The part-time people would come in there and work and the RVP would be in there, and they would have those satellite dishes. They would record the morning shows, and they had the leadership show, the partner show, they had all that, so that their part-time training meetings, they would bring in the distributors, and they would air those on DVD. It was a wonderful concept back in. And it was really the launch of what we see a lot of guys doing with Dish Network and 
direct selling when you see companies literally lease whole channels from them today. But all of a sudden, it, just because technology was there, because it was easier to get information, and I remember, man, I paid like $3,000 to have access to my, my Primerica back office and my, my uh, World Marketing Alliance back. You had literally had to buy the software, download it on your computer, and then it would talk to the, to the mothership, you know, wh- wh- whatever that would be. And back then, those guys were writing their programs. There were no such things as programs out of the box. InfoTrax and all those companies didn't even exist hardly. These were guys, programmers, creating some of the most magnificent programs we see today. And it was crazy. But Greg goes on, he writes something, he says, historically, if you look at any emerging industry, computers being the most recent example, quick-thinking entrepreneurs are always coming up with creative ways to one-up the next guy and get the edge on a rapidly growing industry. Amen to that one. That is absolutely correct. Now, I want to segue for a second. Daily, I pick up my email. I look at my blog. I, I look at Facebook, and somebody's saying, Troy, what do you think about this company? What do you think about that company? One out of seven is a traditional product-driven network marketing company. The other six are Internet-based hybrids. And right now we are seeing just an onslaught of some of the craziest crap I've seen in a long time. A year and a half ago, we launched a boatload of $10 programs. Everybody could jump on the Internet bandwagon on $10 programs. And I saw websites that say, you know, put in your 10 bucks and earn 100000 Put in your 10 bucks and, and, and win a million. You know, and, and it doesn't work that way. And I want you guys to understand something. I don't care what business model it is. You cannot make that happen. And right now, the majority, not all of, but the majority of the companies that I'm seeing out there are what we call high-yield investment programs. They're illegal in the United States. You've got you've got Royalty Seven, you got banner brokers, you got just been paid. You know, those I'm just gonna name a few. Now some of you may say, Oh Troy, you're you're shying away from Zeke and Bitify and, and, and all no I'm not. Okay, what I'm looking at right now are those that are tra- just flat out illegal, it's already been proven. And then you've got some of these more risky, this new penny auction deal, the reverse auctions like Dubly. Okay, those are business models that are legitimate business models. Now, whether the companies themselves have all their ducks in order, I can't say that. We're investigating every one of them. We're researching them. But I'm telling you, penny auctions, the unique bid auction industry is legit. Dubly has, has really done a phenomenal job over the last three years of proving that business model out. They're, they should be the case study for any other company out there that's looking to launch in a penny auction or a reverse auction because they have put it together correctly. But it took them two and a half years. We hit them pretty hard in the early days. But a lot of you guys right now, as Greg will say, is just got this get-rich-quick mentality. And it's not a wise move. Even those of you that, that are in penny auctions are promoting the penny auctions. You're promoting this stuff illegally. And that's why we decided to do Greg's book is because this is going to give you some rock-solid basis in which to operate from. Greg goes on, he says this, and I thought this was good. He said, I believe that we are all capable, intelligent people, and when given the proper facts, 
we can make an intelligent, well-deformed choice. But most of them that I talk to on a daily basis, and you all are listening, you talk about stuff, and you, as I listen, you don't even know the company that you're with. You don't understand what's right and wrong. You're not compliant, in other words. You can hurt yourself and your company. Greg says this, and I, and I put powerful words of wisdom. He says, getting involved in this business or any other business based on hype, excitement, or a sales pitch is, short-sighted, is a short-sighted, foolish decision. Many people throughout the 80s and the 90s and still today have done this. Rather than take responsibility for their poor choices, they blame network marketing and propagate negative views of the type of business. And see, most of them, this is why when critics contact the FTC, when they contact the SEC, in most cases the SEC and the FTC take the information and they realize very quickly by reading the comments that the people don't know what they're talking about. We see the same thing when it comes to investing. And and Greg used the analogy. I thought he did a great job. (coughs) Excuse me. He said, if one day your phone rings and it's a fast-talking stockbroker telling you about the latest high-growth penny stock he's discovered and how you'll be rich overnight, it wouldn't hurt to listen. But the prudent investor, however, would then begin to do research on the company to see if it would be a good investment or not. After the proper amount of research... A risk-reward analysis would be undertaken, and the decision to invest or not would be made. Before you decide to invest, an intelligent, informed choice is made. Win or lose, you are now responsible for your choice, and you you would not say much about the broker or the stock market regardless of the outcome. When people say, Troy, you spend way too much time on penny auctions, I snicker and say, no, I don't either. Because the more information that we can get out there in a high-risk, unproven business model, and that's what, that's what penny auctions, unique bid auctions, they're only about 2007 is when they really came onto the scene. So it, it's really an unproven business model. They're, they're an entertainment. They're not, they're not something that you, you go out there and that the general population will want to be a part of. But I need to get that information out there. People need to hear that. When we see companies launch with brand new product lines with ingredients that have never been proven before, that are cutting edge, we cover them just as heavy. See, you've got to make sure that people have all the information, a very balanced review of what is there, not just one-sided, all positive, all con. You don't want that. But, Greg's so good at writing. He says, however... What if you just listened to the phone pitch and sent the broker a check? Then the investment turns sour and you lose all your money. What happens next? Typically, the stockbroker who called you becomes your biggest scumbag who ever walked the face of the earth. The stock market, in your view, is nothing but a bunch of crooks, cheaters, and liars. Now, we know that's not true, but that's how you are because you, I, anybody would not take responsibility. We all have to take responsibility for our actions. And when people follow people blindly instead of doing due diligence, one of the reasons that in our blog post we put so much to third-party places where people can dig even deeper into subjects, 
because it's the only way to make it happen. If you're not doing your due diligence, then how are you going to cut through the crap in network marketing? See, this is the key. See, it's not the 80s and the 90s anymore. It's the 21st century. Everything has changed. You know, in the 80s, I I didn't get a – well, I actually got a commission check from A.O. Williams from the home office. It was sent, though. It wasn't sent to me directly. It was sent to my upline. He got it in his envelope. He'd go through it, and he'd get me my check. In in Amway back then, I would take orders from people, and if I hadn't already bought the products to sell them – then I had to go to the to the the uh, the district leader, whoever was there that was actually warehousing and buying up thousands of dollars of product to resell. Tupperware was the same way. With the internet, all of a sudden companies were able to lower their costs. All of a sudden, everybody in the field got paid to build a business, but you didn't have to warehouse product anymore. Now. I can tell you that there are some companies you still warehouse some product. Uh, Mary Kay ladies love to warehouse product. All your clothing companies, those those ladies and guys love to warehouse product. Watkins products, man, you're constantly, we got it in our kitchen. I mean, you're constantly wanting to keep stuff in hand. But you didn't have to. It wasn't one of those things where it's going to take two weeks to get your order in anymore. I believe this is one reason as an industry we're seeing a focus on retailing again. Because you have to move the product. It's also one of the reasons that people scratch their head and say, Troy, I don't see how any Internet-based company can be legit when it all seems to be virtual products. And, and we're going to go into that in some, not on the radio show, but some stuff coming out this week. See, this is what it takes. You've got to understand. I, I would challenge, like I did earlier, and say that Internet-based companies aren't really direct-selling companies, and that's what part of our problem is. But see, now that we have the Internet, everybody becomes an expert. Greg writes this. He's beautiful in how he writes this. Almost overnight, we had the Internet marketing experts and online MLM gurus who would teach you how to make your fortune online from your home and your underwear with no effort. (laughs) Not. Let me share a little bit real quick about this. Since I was 16 years old, I have been utilizing the computer. I've been in... Bulletin boards created my own bulletin board room. Everything. One of the first ones to use blogs before blogs was cool. Been in social media since it was launched by a bunch of bloggers. Videos, you name it. I don't go out there nowhere do I say I'm an expert at all this because it's changing constantly. I don't go out there and try to write a book and sell people on the idea that, hey, I can teach you to be rich. I can give you some good books to read, and they're not from Internet marketing gurus. The Social Media Bible, one of the greatest books you can buy if you want to learn how to do social media. The Yahoo Copywriting Style Guide, great book if you want to know how to write ad copy on the Internet different ways. It's the only way that you're going to be able to make this stuff work is to go out there and really dig in and do due diligence. You've got to buy books. You've got to get tapes. You've got to go to seminars. But you never, never, never just read the hype on a website. Matter of fact, the longer the hype, the faster you need to run. 
If you're on a website and it just keeps going on and on, you keep scrolling down, here's all these testimonials, here's all this garbage, get away, run. You don't want to be there. It's not real. These online programs that I see where people are showing these $100,000, million-dollar checks, hundred 100% payout, a lot of times the underlying system actually works. It's really good, but what happens is you get in there and you get in all the hype and you stop building your business. All of a sudden, you're just looking at the Internet-based company. That's all you're doing. All of a sudden, you've lost your first love. Greg writes this. I thought this was profound. He says, looking back again in the 80s in network marketing, we saw many old established post-momentum companies and a couple of startups. The, the recruiting presentation was simple. Do you want to join an old established company or do you want to position yourself in our new exciting startup? But now fast forward to the 21st century. These days, the industry is overrun with get-rich-quick mentality. Statements like, get a $20,000 a month paycheck in six months. That has become the distorted norm in network marketing today. And then he throws out a quote. He says, did you know that only 1.93% of the population earn more than $250,000 a year? That was in the 2006 census. That's actually gone up since the 2010 census. But it's but it's interesting. Actually, that wouldn't have been the that was the 2006 economic survey. Excuse me, it wasn't the census. Now that we've had the census in 2010, the numbers have changed a little bit. And you know what? They haven't really gone up that much. But I can tell you this: in network marketing, they like to throw around that 95 percent of the people fail, and they like to throw around that only two percent of the of the people ever make good money. Well, two percent of the of the network marketing population would actually be in 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 America would be somewhere around the four hundred to five hundred thousand mark that make a million dollars a year or more. The majority, seventy nine percent, are just part timers. They never came into network marketing to get rich. Matter of fact, network marketing was never intended for that. It was actually intended for a way for the for the companies to distribute their products faster, and a way for the for the the leaders to actually be able to touch more people's lives part-time so they can earn some money. See, that's the key to this. Network marketing is and will continue to be a very appealing profession for a lot of people. Right now, the fastest-growing demographic is Gen, Gen Y's, millennials. Second is the baby boomers. I suggest you get out there and you show people what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it. There's something here for people. But listen, tomorrow we're getting into the section, what am I good at? What do I like? Is this industry, is this profession really for me? See, what I'm, what, this is where Greg and, Greg and I agree on almost everything, by the way. There's a few things that we, we, we probably wouldn't agree. Our ideologies are just a tad different. It may be because of our ages. But I can tell you this, I respect him, and I agree with 99.9% of everything that he writes. And when we go through this book in the next three weeks, you're going to understand something. You're going to know specifically what kind of due diligence you need to do. And some of you, because I know we get a lot of guys and gals that are listening to this that are in the penny auction and the unique bid auctions, the reverse, listen to me. You may look at yourself and say, I'm in the wrong company. The money's great. 
it, it, it's a fun ride. I'm having a blast, but this isn't what I love. This isn't helping me get my purpose. This isn't, see, this is what you know. Some of you are. I've talked to you. But if you're chasing the almighty dollar in your network marketing business, you're going to fail. The company, the people, the product, the widget, whatever you call it, it's going to let you down. I'm going to tell you that right now. The only way to succeed is to be following your dreams and finding out what your purpose is. And we're going to have a blast with this series. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Remember this, stay dangerous, stay strong, and be back here tomorrow on Real Mentors Radio. Dot com.